Welcome to podcast 176 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, I am joined by people. Yay! <laughs> um, I'm joined by Mr. Dave Azapardi and Mr. Kurt Dizzle. Obviously, uh, Christmas period is still in full flow, so uh, difficult to get people around. But uh, we do have some stuff for you today. Well, today, whenever you're listening to this, really. Uh, so we've got a, uh, a slight reversion back to our former uh, former way of doing things with the save focus uh, where we're going to look at have a quick dip into Curtis and Dave's saves then we've got a spotlight all about the heart um, which read into that as much as you want to until we get there we've also got the the unveiling of the winner and all of the answers for last week's quiz which looking at some of the responses um, I'm glad that people have at least been truthful to that and then of course we have a quiz to end things off as per bloody usual but uh, we'll start off with Mr Mr Kurt Dizzle actually because uh, I mean alphabetically so why not um say focus hey take it away sunshine How are we? Hello. I was just thinking uh, we should call this shot through the heart I don't know why just I mean, because you're suggesting a name, I'm going to automatically ignore it oh. because oh, yeah, cause shots fired. That's what I do to and, you. Uh, yeah, exactly. I just bon, bon Jovi sprung into my head as soon as you said about the heart, and uh, I was having a little owner of a lonely heart, having a little uh, yes in a concert in my head. Don't go for owner of a lonely heart. That's that's a terrible <laughs> shout. Um, but yeah, hi, uh, happy New Year, because it, it'll be New Year, won't it? It, this is, in fact, the first podcast of 2021. 2020, we hardly knew you, etc. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. The best three, uh, IMO. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Until yeah. next week. Um, but yeah, so uh, I digress. To, back to FM. Um, I'm still playing my Villa save. Obviously, I played a, a bit of it briefly on stream, and I've kind of just carried on with it uh, off stream. Again, the, the motivation to stream has slightly gone for me. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what what's going to go on there, but I'm enjoying playing the save. I've been playing it a lot over this Christmas period. Um, to my, you know, my missus is thrilled about it. Um, but I've been smashing it out. We've just finished season two. Um, for those who weren't in the stream in the in season one, we we ended up finishing fourth, uh, which was huge. Got into the Champions League, and then season two kind of. Went a similar way. We ended up finishing third. Uh, got to the quarterfinals of the Champions League before losing to eventual winners Real Madrid. Um, I'm having a lot of fun at the moment because I'm signing lots of players on the Never Never. Um, so I basically ruined the club for generations to come. But I don't care because um, I've got loads of fancy players to play with. I've got uh, Sandro Tonali. Uh, weirdly, I've never managed Sandro Tonali. This is the first time. This is the first time I've ever bought him, uh, and he's. How much did he cost you though? Twenty-one million pounds. That's not even that bad. No, it's all right. It's all right. I think if you if you pick him up while he's still on loan, you can get him for a reasonable amount. Um, so yeah, he's 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 great. Signed a couple of my old AZ boys from last season. Uh, we've got Coop Miners in midfield, who's just for my for my money one of the best DLPs in there. Um, I was planning on playing Tonali at DLP, but one of his player traits is that he likes to run with the ball often. Now, maybe if I end up using a Regista, that that could work. Um, but he's been playing alongside Coop as kind of more of a, a box-to-box, if you like. Uh, and he's been really, really good. He's really creative up the field. But Coop's, Coop's great. He's just a steady steady man in midfield, just spraying balls left, right and centre. Uh, he's He's awesome. Who else have I got? Bertrand Traore, by the way, if you if you take over at Villa, use Bertrand Traore as an advanced forward. I was a little bit inspired by you, Dave, using Adama as a striker because yeah. obviously he's got a lot of pace. And Bert, mm-hmm. Bertrand is phenomenal; he's great. Um, I think his composure is only like ten, but pace in this game is just massive, especially for a striker. Um, so he's been he's been excellent. Um, I, I've completely forgotten. Everyone else I've signed, which is mental because I've signed <laughs> loads of players. Um, Badia Shile has brought in, who was he was my like FM twenty player of the season. Um, so he's there. Yeah, it's just I'm just having loads of fun. I'm just having loads of fun with the game. Slightly annoying things are creeping into it because I started it in the beta. I'm getting the fixture bug where I'm having to play teams uh, like twice at home or twice away, which is really really annoying. 
Um, a few little things with stats as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But just, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going well. Just starting season three. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll sort of cement another Champions League place and, and build from there and hopefully try and balance the books a little bit because otherwise we're going to be in the shit. I do love how you've almost created a little save within a save there by like kind of screwing yourself financially, potentially. Yeah, well, you know, well, this is the thing, isn't it? It's one of those, if if it ends up being like a long-term thing, then I'm going to have to sort that shit out. Dupe, Dupe had the same at Palermo where he just massively overspent and then had to ditch a load of players to to balance the books. And, you know, it might end up being the case for me too, but if I'm securing consistent Champions League football, which so far so good, then it might, you know, I might get away with it. Well, I mean, uh, you can always just do another year, can't you? Well, it's, it's, it. kind of, um, <coughs> it's kind of like Leeds, isn't it? Leeds in the early 2000s. This is what I'm likening it to. Like, we're having a great time, you know, Villa... So, was... so who's Peter Ridsdale in this scenario here? Is that you? Uh, no, I'm David O'Leary. I'm very much David <laughs> O'Leary. Um, but, you know, we're, we're having a great time. Everyone's loving life. It's just, you know, we might have to sort of pay the, uh, the, pay the price for that. Who's, who's to know? Who's to know? Obviously, Leeds, it went, it went downhill for Leeds when they stopped qualifying for the Champions League and... Um, so far, we you know we look like we're in a position where we're gonna we're gonna be all right in that regard. So I don't think it was just not qualifying for the Champions. No, League. but it was they kind of got relegated as well. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, that kind of goes goes hand in hand, doesn't it? <laughs> like it kind of all went to shit at the same time. So um, fingers crossed, it won't go that way for Villa. <laughs> <laughs> Too good to go down, etc. Blah blah blah. All of the other typical. Oh, things that you're supposed to say by the way as well Grealish is great so like um I I measure I use a, I use stats quite a lot towards the end of the season to kind of pick holes in you know maybe where I can improve Grealish is phenomenal like key passes he's got like three times the amount of anyone else if I have to sell Grealish I, I think we're going to be in trouble so uh I take it he's not been injured either no he hasn't Man, Man United did come in for him uh and um, I think they it was like eighty million was on the table, um, and I rejected it and convinced him to stay. He, he sort of he had he threw his toys out of the pram a little bit, but um, he's all right now. And uh, no one else has no one else has really been interested. I think Bayern Munich sniffed around for a bit, but he he didn't want to leave to go to Bayern Munich. So um, yeah, so far so good. And uh, I'm just having like I say, just having loads of fun just playing the game. The match engine this year is is great. It's a, it's just a really fun game to play. Just a few little bugs that need to be ironed out, which is a bit disappointing given, you know, that we're two months after or a month after full release. But hey ho. One of them, uh, and from one side of the West Midlands to the other, David. Yeah, um, Wolves. We are still there at the moment. Um, things are going really well, actually. Really, really enjoying it. Um, we're on to season four now. I'm right at the end of season four. Uh, by the time the podcast is out, I'd assume I would have uh, completed the season. Um, obviously, all the season reviews and stuff are going up on YouTube, but we're streaming it all live on Twitch. Um, I can't quite remember uh, the first time I spoke about it. I think it was just after season two, off the top of my head. Um, so, yeah, season one, we finished... Uh, third season two we finished third season three we didn't do too well in the league to be fair we finished fifth but won the champions league um so obviously we managed to qualify back through the champions league for that uh but this season's been un- unreal um as it stands obviously at the time of recording i'm still on for to potentially win five pieces of silverware this season um so we've already won the european super cup uh we've already won the carabao cup uh, we're about to play Manchester United in the FA Cup final. Uh, we've had, to be fair, we've had a quite a fortunate run in the FA Cup final, playing a lot of Championship teams. Uh, but yeah, still on for that. Looking very comfortable uh, in the Premier League to win the league, and uh, currently uh, in the semi-final of the Champions League against Barcelona. So things are looking hopeful for a, is it quintuple, quintuple, quintuple five trophies. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'd never know how to pronounce it. Um, but 
Yeah, thing, things are looking promising. We in the quarterfinal of the uh, Champions League, we played Manchester United, drew nil nil at Old Trafford, and then went on to beat them seven two at Molyneux. Um, but I was saying to Curtis sort of before we started recording, we've been playing a lot around with like throw-ins and stuff like that, and I think I may have just cracked a system that could work and help a lot more with goals and so on. Uh, very similar to, I, I, I mean, we don't we don't want the stream showdown to see that tactic, I'm sure, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've managed to do quite well with that. But in terms of the team itself, um, I've signed a number of quality players. I think I said it last time, sort of my front two now is Mason Greenwood and Erling Haaland. We've got Fabio Silva in there as well. So they're my main three strikers, really. Greenwood, for his standards, has had a quiet season, but he still scored just under 30 goals. Um, Fabio Silva's got over 30 and Haaland should hit 40 goals as well. So to have those three strikers all getting those sort of numbers is... Phenomenal, really. But we don't play the free striker tactic that we did the last time I spoke about it. We play like a four-four-two, almost asymmetric now. Um, so it's it's definitely interesting. It's like a flat back four, a left midfielder, two central midfielders, then attacking right midfielder, and then two strikers like offset to the left, so they're not actually central. So it, it's working really well at the moment. And uh, yeah, t- we've improved a lot. Similarly to to Curti, to be fair, I've. I've Spent a lot on the never, never, never really. Um, but but saying that, I've spent that money, but every window I'm selling a lot of players. So in the summer just gone, we won the Champions League and I probably sold four of my key players just to bring in new players. One, to freshen up the save, but two, I didn't want to just settle for that. If I, I, I knew because I finished fifth. I know I won the Champions League, but I finished fifth in the league. So I wanted to strengthen the team. I sold three of my central midfielders. Renato Sanchez went. Um, I had, um, I think his name is Bruno Henrique, a Brazilian guy went. And uh, is it Castrovilli, I think, uh, the Italian central midfielder? They all went, made a big profit on all three of them, but just reinvested quite heavily, brought Kai Havertz in. You know, some of the players we brought in is, is mad. And I think some people come into the stream and can't believe after four years that's the sort of team that I've got. But um, How was the uh, the Portuguese contingent uh, coped with uh, you bringing in some like non-Portuguese players? It, yeah, it's still frustrating every window that is, but I think we've done enough now that our, you know our manager confidence is so high that the board sort of, they'll moan about it. They're, basically, they'll block every signing that I try and make, but then I'll talk them round. <laughs> So I, I get like one or two token Portuguese signings in and, and, and that normally sort of, that's normally happy with that. But I've not really brought any big names in. There's no one, to be honest, there's no one good enough. Ronaldo, if I signed him now, it would be for one year maybe because he's just, his legs have gone. The only other player really that I think would come in and improve the team now is Bruno Fernandes, who I've looked at a number of times, but he's going to cost me over a million, 100 million and, and Jao Felix to be fair. But um, yeah, the team is so strong at the moment and I'm really enjoying it. But if if I win all those trophies, like the, the end goal was to win the Premier League and Champions League. I've already done one of them. But if I can win five trophies in one season in terms of streaming the save, that'll be it. That'll be over. But again, same as Kurt. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm, I'm having the same issues because it was a bay to save like the fixture stuff and just little things like that really so it's probably time for to move on do you think you've got enough depth to be able to sort of fight on all five fronts throughout yeah 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 i think so i think like now i've got the depth really obviously not not every position i haven't got two world-class players at every position but i've got enough there that if i need to rotate i can so Goalkeeper, I'd argue, is my weakest position. I um, obviously had Patricio there for a long while. I brought Nick Pope in last season, and he, he was okay, but obviously not world-class level. Um, I, I, the only goalkeeper I wanted really was Onana, uh, or Onana, and uh, unfortunately we just missed out on him. He had a quite an affordable release clause. But now I'm rocking Kepper, <laughs> which a lot of people uh, take, well, they find funny, but he's, he's all right. He's not bad. Um, left back, I brought that Nuno Mendes in. Then I've got a young Portuguese kid who's all right as a backup. So, we, we, like in every position, we've got good depth. But um, and and I've I've dealt with. I, I mean, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more with our with our topic that we're going to talk about. But I've dealt with the rotation side of things quite well, really. How have uh, how have you got? Presumably, you've got the seventeen foreigner limit as well. Um, yeah. How, how are you getting on with that? Because I'm I'm not hearing many uh, British names. In your uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of them obviously got the settled status. I think you get that for like three years, don't you, or something mm. like that. 
Um, but luckily, a couple of them, like Fabio Silva, because he was there for three years before a certain age, he's classed as British. Adama Traore is classed as British because they've just been in the country that long. Um, obviously, I've got Mason Greenwood. And a lot of my fringe players, I've still got Declan Rice, Nick Pope. So I've still got, although there might not be key players or names that I've spoken about, I've still got enough there to bulk it out, really, bulk out the squad. But there were a lot of younger players that have either played in England before or that have signed. There was a Portuguese lad that signed who actually played youth football for Wolves a couple of years ago. So he came in, he had all the homegrown stuff straight away. So, yeah, I have kept, not massively, but I've kept a little eye on that, to be fair. But we're all right. How did, how did Declan Rice do for you? Because I've just, I've just bought him as well, actually. Yeah, I play him as a, I play like my middle two as a DLP in a Mazala. Um, and I play him as a DLP. So I was going yeah, to play him at the back. It's interesting. He's he's capable as a centre centre mid as uh, centre back as well. Yeah, yeah. Libero would be good. Um, maybe I saw, a lot of people are bigging up three at the back this year. So maybe uh... I used the Libero for ages with the three three up top one. I used the Libero for ages. I had uh, I had Cody for a little bit there, uh, but obviously his dribbling wasn't unbelievable. I think I used uh, Bubakar Kamara. Uh, I think he played some Marseille. He was really good there. I've recently signed Pau Torres this year. He would have been fantastic there, but we've moved back to a back four. But yeah, De- Declan Rice, I think he'd do a job in either. He's really good. His attributes are great this year. Lovely. Well, uh, we will move on, gentlemen. So last week, I well, we did a little championship manager quiz. And we have a winner, but I'll go through the the uh, the answers to the questions first, just to because you know I think for the first time ever we left people hanging on the cliff edge, not knowing <laughs> the answers to all of the questions. So actually, from the responses that we have had, it's been good to see that no one has cheated because no one got all of them right that has entered. So if you did it at home, fair enough. But some of these they they haven't googled; they've clearly guessed because yeah, they're, <laughs> not all of them are right. So uh, first question was uh, so just a bit of context and a recap so I gave uh, 10 questions with the three last teams for each of these players in fact it'd be quite interesting to see if Curtie can get the guess these Dave won't have a clue because he, he wasn't born but <laughs> let's see if Curtie can guess them from the three teams so it's the three the three last teams that uh of the each of these sort of championship manager legends they're not necessarily wonder kids uh, but or or anything like that. They're just n- well known to being good in the game or available in the game for free. Ugh, so, okay. Okay. So uh, the last three clubs. So this is in reversed order. So last first. Uh, so this is number one: Helmstead, Helmstabs BK, IFK Goatberg, and Heerenveen. Um, oh, I would guess. I would guess at Selakovic. Uh, you are correct. It was either going to be well. It wasn't Kalstrom, and they're the only two Swedes that I, I really remember signing on the. So you, you, you're one for one so far. So yeah, first one was uh, Selakovic or Selakovic, however you wish to pronounce that. Uh, so number two is FK Tonsberg. Uh, I can't remember. It's uh, <laughs> Panali. Uh, Pana- <laughs> I read my own handwriting. <laughs> uh, Panatolikos. Sorry, I was trying to work out because I, I didn't cross one of, my, one of my T's. And I was saying they both look like L's and I was trying to work out what it is. So it's FK Tonsberg, Panatolikos and Hacker. They're the three clubs, Ooh. three last clubs. Sig Borson? Uh, no, it's uh, Cherno Samba. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So Cherno Samba is answered to number two. <laughs> Sorry, Cherno. <laughs> if you to be fair, that's quite. I put that in as a bit of a curveball because obviously that's tail end of your career. Most people will know I signed him from Millwall, but you don't really know much about. I think he played for Plymouth as well, but not one of his last clubs. Okay, the I think this was the most. The number three was the most obvious out of all of them. I think uh, Air United, oh. Falkirk, oh. Queen of the South. Oh. My man, Mark Kerr. It is indeed Mark Kerr. Dave, have you heard of Mark Kerr? I, I have. I have heard of Mark Kerr, yeah. Built I think he's managing now, isn't he? Built many an empire around Mark Kerr. Yeah. yeah, he's a player manager at Air at the moment. He's one of the only, one of the very few that are actually still actively playing. Uh, their number four is Paycan, Plymouth and Alarabi. What career? No, not going to get that. It's Taribo West. 
I forgot he was at. I forgot he went to Plymouth. Wow. Plymouth, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> okay. So another weird one. Uh, so number five is uh, maybe this was one of the more easy ones. AC Milan, Roma, Orcs Air. That's Mexas, isn't it? Surely. It is indeed. So Mexas for question number five. Uh, number six is Geis or G A I S. I F Elfborg, I F K Gertborg. Mm, is that? Oh, I don't think that's. I don't think that's Kalstrom. It, uh, it's not. It's another it, it, Swede, is it, isn't it? It's another it Swede. Is, yeah. I'm not going to get it. I don't know. Uh, Jonas London. Oh. He's the other one. He, <laughs> there was uh, there was choice. Kennedy as well. Oh, was... Kennedy Barakulovlu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Close enough to. <day>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question number seven uh, is Burnley, Sirencester, Cheltenham. Dupe. <laughs> that's that's got to be Mike Duff. It is Mike Duff. That, I was I was shocked to see that, that there only is the only three clubs he's played for. Oh, really? And Sirencester was actually. I on love the fact he's played for Sirencester. Yeah. <laughs> Dupe likes this. Duke does indeed like this. Uh, uh, IFK Lidigno FK Atlantis FC Syrianska KF. Uh, it's not um, your man that played for Derby, is it? As well, it is uh, big Tonton's owner Makoko. Big Tonton, yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, and yeah, another Swede. <laughs> I think. I think. Did you said there was only two Swedes. Real life, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if this was if this was real life, I think that the Sweden researcher at the time would definitely been done for juicing players. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ, they 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 had a, an absolute raft of them. You'd have had his P forty five like oh two Madeira. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> uh, and the question number nine is Esbjerg. FB, Midgeland, and Betis. And Betis? Oh it's weird. God. It's another weird final three clubs. <sighs> no, I don't think I'm going to get that. It's uh, VDV, Van der Vaart. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, I think if it, because he was at Hamburg before uh, before Betis, I think if that was in there, maybe you'd have got it. Yeah, maybe. But it's a... Uh, it's a. He's had a weird but long career, like not long career but long career. Doesn't really make sense. Dance player now as well. So, <laughs> which is like, which is probably the most one of the more weird uh, what? He career plays, transitions. No way. He, he plays, plays darts. No, plays darts. really. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think um, there was a tweet uh, last week, maybe the week before, about uh, getting the band back together. Because signing about uh, something about Peter Crouch when he was on BT Sport, and then Bale had tweeted it, and he said he retweeted it, saying that I've <laughs> I've not really got the physique for it anymore, suggesting that he's maybe had a few too many. Uh, final question then, and some may say the most beloved of all: uh, Cheltenham, Bournemouth, West Ham. Oh. Cheltenham, Bournemouth, West Ham. Come on, Kirstie, if you haven't got it now. No, go on. Dave, Jamie Victory. No! Jamie Jamie Victory Victory. went to West Ham! What, no, he he started at West oh. Ham, moved to Bournemouth. He he, he only played for three clubs. He I'm uh, finished I'm, his career. It. I'm retiring. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can. Well, that that's all of the answers to all of the questions. We've had an extra quiz as well, ladies and gents. But uh, Ben Kelly, congratulations! You have won a copy of Football Manager Twenty One. So we'll be sending the code over to you. Uh, well, once this pod is out, so you can hear that your name has been read out. G-G. But thank you very much for everyone that has uh, spent the time in in. Apply, well, <laughs> applying their pre-existing knowledge, I, I guess that it's kind of hard to do a quiz on Championship Manager and expecting everyone to know the questions because some will unfortunately age out a little bit. But uh, well done to you, Ben. Uh, like I said, you'll get the code very shortly in the mail. 
Right, spotlight time, gentlemen. Uh, and this week's spotlight isn't really a spotlight at all, but Dave did want to talk about the new player conditioning heart that's appeared in Football Manager 21. And as we've had a couple of months playing the game, we thought we could talk about its introduction. Whether you've got used to it, and well, whether we've got used to it, sorry, and uh, what the benefits it brings to the game. So let's uh, get a cracking, gentlemen. So as we now have the ability to view match condition and match sharpness as individual entities, uh, a player's match condition will now be represented, or is now represented, using a heart icon which focuses on the player's physical state and is quick referenced by a colour chart of red to green and indicates the following uh, overall match, uh, overall sorry, overall risk of injury, match load, training load, injury susceptibility and fatigue. So, uh, as Dave wanted the topic... <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave him till last. Uh, fond of the heart, gents? We'll go to you, Curti, first. Still getting used to it, I think, is probably uh, the fairest so she's thing to on say. the fence again? Um, <sighs> right, do I need to be prepared? I don't, I, I, no, I, th- listen, this is... This is, this is I, I completely get the move away from exact figures... To create, a, 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 you know, an extra element of realism to the game, I think that argument falls down a little bit as soon as you say attributes. Um, but <laughs> it's, you know, they're not going to do it all in one go sh- straight away. So I kind of I understand the move away from these things, um, but I don't, I don't think I like it just yet. Um, I, you know. Th- I'm still kind of I'm still getting used to like little UI changes and the match day UI, which I'm you know I am kind of I'm I'm still not a massive fan of, um, and this really it, it but it bugs me a little bit during the match day uh, experience. Like players seem to get to red really fucking quickly, um, even when you're not necessarily playing like a high intensity tactic, and. Without kind of, I don't know, without kind of knowing or having a reference to what each element kind of would be under the old system, it it, it just takes a little bit of getting used to. So as soon as a player gets to red now, it's like, okay, yeah, well, it's fif- we're 50 minutes in. It's like, fucking hell, do I have to, <laughs> have to start making changes now? It's getting, it's, it's home, ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm not a massive fan yet. I'm sure it'll be one of these things I get used to, and you know, sooner or later it'll become second nature. But um, I've been playing the game for years, so you know, changes are, are, are always a little bit irritating to me at, at first. I so I was going to, I was going to say there's a lot more to undo there. It's not just like conditioning even though it's not got it's it's certainly got more complicated as the years have gone on at least like in championship manager we've referenced it a few times over the past couple of pods so but uh it, it was numbers then so I, I i'm similar to you i like the transition to more of a although you know having green to red obviously you need to <laughs> it, it in itself you've replaced a, a very precise but unrealistic metric with uh, an equally unrealistic metric because real football managers don't have the ability to say how fit someone is other than sort of looking at them and seeing how gassed they are. But uh, I guess it's a, as close a thing as you can get to actually seeing whether a player is and, knackered or not. And I, get, I mean, I don't, obviously I don't know how the mechanics of it work necessarily. It's not just a straight switch, is it, from um, from fitness to heart. Like you say, it encompasses a, a lot of elements um, which we will get onto in a moment. Yeah, you've almost transitioned this perfectly. Curtis. Sorry, sorry, um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I don't know, I don't like it yet. <laughs> you don't like it. Sorry, yet. I'll, yeah. <laughs> David, thoughts, opinions. Yeah, I think, I think like Kurt, it took a lot of getting used to. I think everybody liked the number of con- on the condition because. I think as soon as everyone saw a player on 92, 91, 90%, that you just weren't going to play him. That was just one of the things, unless you were managing down in the lower leagues. You always liked your players to have like 95% plus condition. Um, with a heart, obviously, it's a little bit different. I understand, obviously, the, the realism factor of it. Uh, like you say, a manager is not going to be able to have a numerical amount on a player's fitness and so on. Uh, but at the same time... Um, 
yeah, like you say, that the heart isn't is the same sort of thing, really. But um, in terms of that and sharpness, I like it. I think it, 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 you know, I am I am used to it now. It did take some getting used to, but I am used to it now. I, I use it quite similarly to how I used to use the numerical amount last year. In the fact that if a player wasn't on a full, let's say, green heart, like a hundred percent. If they're on like they're one below that, which is like three quarters of the heart, I just don't play them. I don't risk them, and it's probably similarly to, similar to last year, where if a player was on like ninety percent condition, I wouldn't I wouldn't risk him either. Um, so I'm using that a lot more. But what I'm seeing a lot a lot more of now as well, and I don't know whether that's because of the level I'm managing or the amount of games that I'm playing, is the orange uh, symbol when the coaches are telling you to rest players or the physios are telling you to rest players. I'm having that a lot more than I've ever seen before, so I think that's all also helping out a little bit. I'm yeah, I'm getting that a lot. So obviously, just finished uh, the second season, um, and you know these 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 players for over certainly over sort of December January we're playing two games a week, but you know I I do tend to have a squad that I can rotate. Yes, some players will play more minutes than others. I'm getting, I was getting a bit like irritated with it a little bit because I'm, you know, I've got players with sort of really good natural fitness. So obviously between game recovery is, is, is excellent. And yet I'm constantly being told that they need a rest. Um, so I'm resting them for like the better part of a week or, you know, almost, or even for a full week in some cases. Um, and then as soon as they play one more game, I'm, I'm getting told that they need resting again. So it was getting a bit annoying um and obviously it all kind of ties into each other um but i'm kind of i'm you know certainly in game i'm making decisions based on players stamina levels uh based on you know upcoming fixtures in terms of their natural fitness um which yeah like i say it obviously uh, affects their sort of you know ability to recover between games um and so certain players, you know, they might be on a red heart, but I've got no choice but to leave them on. And yet constantly I'm being told that they need to, to have rest periods. And it's like, it's just doing my head in a bit. So it's a, there's a lot to sort of unpack and a lot to get used to. But um, yeah, I'm not there yet. What what do you do if they, if they said to you, right, uh, Jack Grealish or whatever needs to be rested for this game? Do you judge? Do you just say right? Yeah, I've got to rest him. Or do you judge the game if it's like against Manchester United or whatever? Will you play him and then rest him the next game? Or how do you approach that? So um, I'm I'm kind of doing a variety of things at the moment to try and get the balance right. Yeah. So um, say I've got a game in four days, uh, and it's a big game, and I know I'm going to need Jack Grealish for that game. Then I might um, I might rest him for like three days, like just say yeah, no training. Don't. Go home, yeah. chill, three days. And I know, like, recovery is important, but rest periods are important as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm just sort of saying, like, go home. And that's kind of the, that's how I'm, how I'm managing it at the moment. Whether that's the best way, I don't know. Um, but, you, you know, there's, there's certain games that certain players can't miss, whether they need a rest or not. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to juggle upcoming fixtures... Um, you know, if we're playing like Watford at home or whatever, then I might I might say to him, "Look, take the week off, Jack. I'm sure we can uh, we can get on without you there." But it's it's just happening all too often uh, so far. So there has actually been some like as you were alluding to before, Curtis, that there have been some uh, changes or updates in the way that a, a player's condition changes during the course of of play. So distance covered, speed of movement, change of direction. Uh, weather and stamina are all things that are sort of taken into account so it's probably more important than ever that these things are paid attention to you saying weather, weather has an effect weather has an effect <laughs> who, who knew <laughs> who knew who knew indeed <laughs> but are you paying attention to to anything like that or is it just a case of you think basically you're you're now reapplying sort of old knowledge and trying to basically assimilate what you know from percentages into like what you feel works with the heart. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm. It's an adjustment period, right? You know, it's like when anything in the game, uh, sort of major in the game, changes. And I'm this glad is. You didn't say transition period. Because... <laughs> no. 
Kurt, loves Brexit. Um, this is, you know, this is a major change, how this is handled. Um, so I, I, I was not aware that things like weather, you know, presumably pitch condition, um, things like speed of movement is, is an interesting one. Like distance covered is obviously in the game, but speed of movement, like I don't know, if, I don't think there is a, a metric for like number of sprints, if you like, within a game. Um, so that, that might be an interesting one to be added. Um, you know, and if a player's sort of an outlier for a number of sprint, sprints in a game, maybe you know that he's, you know, he's gassing himself a lot more than, than other players are. I think uh, change of direction is quite an interesting one as well, though, because mm-hmm. you think about someone, someone who is like a jinking winger, for example, and uh, the the lateral movement and the damage that can do to knees, maybe. I don't know if like how granular FM will actually take that and whether they are likely to be more susceptible to to ligament damage and and ankle like rolling their ankles and things like that if you are pushing them too far. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, similar thing with sort of quick players and muscular injuries, right? Like, you know, quick players who are regularly doing um doing sprints probably more likely to things like hamstring issues and and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how in depth that that goes, and you know how how deep it runs. But um, yeah, I might I might have to. It's one of those things. I think I I I certainly didn't know that all of those things have would have, or that maybe they've increased the amount it affects a player's fitness level. So maybe that's something that I need to read up on and and kind of play around with and test. Like I say, as I said to you, Dave, like it's very much a work in progress how i'm how i'm managing these situations and i'm sure at some point we'll kind of stumble upon the best and it might be a case where it's a it's a player by player basis you know certain players will respond to certain things um yeah so one of one of the questions we've got written down which kind of links in quite well with this is how would you like how would you adapt your training schedule not necessarily to the to this but through busy periods but it kind of links into this as well like obviously now knowing this you may actually decide that either you add more rest periods in or, or you or you, recovery you adjust, periods, yeah. Or recovery periods or or um adjust the types of physical training like you are working on for the the aerobic side of things. So if they are if you are picking up a lot of uh, issues when it comes to 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 particularly from sprints. I don't know if because you you know you, you you get the injury reports for players they what they did to cause the injury. And if you start noticing a whole raft of injuries of being caused by sprinting, then perhaps training or the way you're playing is the issue. Yeah, I, I've not done it so much this season, to be fair. But training, training sort of stuff, like like I say, because especially in the wall save at the moment, because we've got so many sort of trophies and stuff on the go. The business end of the season, we have got like a game at the weekend, a game mid midweek. Um, I've not done it so much this season, but like what Kurt said earlier about resting players. There was a point towards the end of last season where I would rest the whole squad for like three days. So we'd have one game and they wouldn't even train between that game and and um, and the next game. But in terms of recovery, we probably do recovery or maybe a match review or, or match preview or whatever. Um, but in terms of actual training, it's not like they're not going to like learn anything. We spoke about training a number of weeks ago about some training blocks anyway. You need to train that for a number of weeks before it's any use. So if we're missing out on a certain training schedule because I'm resting the players, it's not going to be any major loss in terms of actually training the players or something. So especially towards the busiest end of the season or you've got a big block around the festive period of games, rest can be more important than than actually just trying to push the players to train. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I, about you saying you're resting your players after games, I used to do it a lot until I sort of you learn how actual actually how important those recovery sessions can be. Yeah. Um. So, but certainly, I'm finding now, like, and especially after watching uh, Foxy's stuff, like I've completely completely adapted the way that I'm approaching training. Um, and certainly in game in weeks where I've only got one game. Uh, towards the end of the season, I might give them an extra day off here and there. Um, you know, I don't. By that point, your players are completely match fit. You know, you're at a point in the season where you'd hope everyone is kind of fully up to speed with their position role duty, um, familiarity. 
So why not, you know, why not give them an extra day off here and there when you could afford to do so? Obviously, you know, when you've got two game weeks, it's a lot more difficult to do that. Um, and, you you know, you're already kind of juggling a lot of balls in the air uh, at that point. But as and when you can, you know, maybe factor in those extra rest rest sessions or or the recovery sessions as well, which are equally as important. So with the like with things like international breaks, um, it, I think it was highlighted in in some of the the blurb of of some of the like the, uh, the either, whether it was I don't know if it was in an interview with Miles or whether it was just as part of one of the blogs or something. But there was something about the travel actually being like take like being taken into account, and so it'll take its toll on players, particularly if they're travelling sort of quite further, quite far afield uh, to represent. Uh, their country internationally and so their condition is impacted greater than someone else who has a game uh you know on home soil or where at least where they are based have you noticed sort of uh, a greater emphasis on on players that you, you you end up having to give them a rest after an international like fixture especially if it's been uh, abroad um i can't say i've noticed that when players are coming back from international duty, um, obviously when, with, in, with international duty, there's an element of, of, of luck, isn't there? I mean, it happens in real life. Players go off to international duty and end up getting injured and stuff, and there's literally nothing you can do about it. You know, you might have prepared them as, as well as you possibly can do, but when they're on someone else's watch, there's, there's, there's nothing you can do, really. Um, what I am doing, though, is like where we do have those travel periods before and after games i am i'm finding myself putting in fewer um training sessions to allow for that if you see what i mean so you know if we've got a travel uh, after a game uh and then on the on the day after that game we've got a recovery session we've got a match review session that's your three slots taken up and the players have had no rest periods whatsoever so on the on the monday morning for example i might say take Monday morning off or I might just factor in one training session on that Monday or like one session and like a community outreach or something like that. You know, it'll be like a lighter day um, than it would be under in a normal for a home fixture, for example. Um, So I'm, I'm paying a a lot more attention to that, um, to that detail and, and trying to manage it as best I can. I think, you know, it's one of those things you can leave it to your assistant, and I'm sure they'll do a perfectly fine job. But actually, I, I, I think training should be treated as a major part of management because it is a major part of management. Hmm. Um, so why not try and get involved and kind of go as in-depth as you can? Um, I know it's not necessarily one of the most interesting things to do if you're not that, you know, if you're not, like, inclined. But um, I'm finding it really, really fun to to try and get those balances right and try and try and manage my players fitnesses and kind of their training happiness and you know and so far you know with this save since I've adopted this approach it's going well so um it might you know it might be coincidence but um if it ain't broke right <laughs> i think like you say though i think there are i know we spoke about it a few weeks ago but there are some people like myself to be honest i still haven't really dug properly into the training schedule really i do little bits here and there but i think really like you say if i got myself really into it i think it would be really rewarding and i think if you know it's going to be rewarding you'll do it a lot more there have been people that listen to the pod that have come into my stream and said like it's just changed completely since we've spoke about it the way he plays the game and he says like you can see the rewards and it's so much better for it so I think I need to I need to sit down a lot more and do it. To be honest, I haven't really done it much on the on the wall save, but I think um, on my next save, I'm definitely going to take it a lot more seriously. Do you know the the first thing I do now at the start of a season is basically go through every week and clear it, clear it to all rest. Yeah, and then um, as it gets to like the middle of the month, I'll go and sort out the training for the following month. And, you know, sometimes you get fixtures moved around and or like you might be in cup competitions or whatever, so you get fixtures added. And that's why I don't do it, like, all in advance and I just kind of do it a few weeks in advance. But, yeah, honestly, if if I'm finding it really, really, really rewarding 
and um, yeah, seems seems to be working so far, but might all go wrong. Who knows? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I think that's uh, a pretty pretty decent little chat about something that was close to Dave's heart. I don't know why <laughs> everyone's making this out to be, you know, it's because of the hard puns, Dave. Someone's oh. got to cop it, I'm afraid, yeah. and it's just unfortunate that it's you. <laughs> Dave, you wanted to talk about it, remember? <laughs> yeah, so it means that you have to love it. I was just it. being helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, Curtis, it's a uh, quiz time for you, sunshine. Curtis Quiz! Right then. Um, well, as it's just you versus Dave, um, sure I've got. I've, yeah, exactly. We're going head to head. We're going. We're going penalty shootout ish. Not really penalty shootout, actually. Wish I'd never said that. Um, we're just going. We're going head to head. So we've got. I've got twelve questions. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you in turn a question. If you get that question right, you will get two points towards your total. If you can't answer, or if you get the question wrong, it will be offered to your opponent, and if they get it, they get a bonus point. Capiche? Beautiful. Beautiful. Excellent. Kind of straightforward. Um, Right, Dave, we will start with you, I think, as uh, just alphabetical. Using Matt's own logic. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Seems fair. Right, so Dave, for two points, question one. What was the last European game played in England before football was suspended in March? I should point out, this is kind of a quiz of the year, things that have happened in 2020 thing. That would be, I believe... um, Oh, wait. I was going to say, in front of fans or just in general? The last European game played in England before football was suspended in March. I was going to say the Liverpool game, but I think it might be Wolves Olympiakos because I'm pretty sure that was at Molyneux. No, it can't be. What last European game? No, 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 it wasn't. Let's go Liverpool Atleti. Two points. Yeah, there you go. That's what I was going to go for. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't, the, reason, the only reason I thought that was because it was that game and then I was like, surely there'd be Europa League after it. But then I remember no Wolves fans went to Wolves Olympiakos. So. Yeah. I think that it, was... Well, I, I remember it was in Greece you, the day after. moaning about it. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the second leg anyway. So yeah. Nerd. I paid for flights and everything. Mm. Uh. <laughs> Nerd for two points. Um... And this was this was an interesting game, actually. Uh, which, what was the first Premier League match played when the league resumed in June? Oh, it was quite a big VAR scandal, I think. Or was it? No, it was goal line technology, wasn't it? Oh, I even I've even read this recently. Okay. I'm going for Leicester Villa, but I don't think it's right. It's not right. I'm lucky. Dave? I think it's Villa Sheffield United. That's a bonus point. Bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Was it it was goal line technology, wasn't it? it, Did it go over the line? The the bloke literally was leaning on the net with the ball (laughs) in his hands. (laughs) And it didn't wasn't it it wasn't triggered. It wasn't turned on or something. Hawkeye apparently. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. I, I even fucking watched it. That's yeah. the, the annoying thing. David, extend your lead. Yo. Who was the first Premier League manager to test positive for COVID-19 in March? Is it Mikel Arteta? Final answer? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Two points. Nerd. Two points. Alan Pardew left which Dutch side by mutual consent back in April 
It was funny doing uh, doing the network save in Holland and seeing Pardew's face. <laughs> he didn't last long, actually. Didn't last long. No. Oh, fuck's sake. It's fucking. Oh, come on. This is like both of these questions have both appeared. That's bugging me the fuck. It's not a. It's. I know it's not a Z, but it begins with an A. Come on. Who's who? Someone's got a save with them, and I remember Den Haag. Oh, he's pulled it out. He's pulled yes. it out of the bag. Ada Den Haag. Yeah. It was the it was the A, and it, I, I thought, it's definitely not A Z, oh. but I know it begins with an A. GGS. It's a. It was the green, green and. It's a weird bad yeah, strip. Yeah. David. Who was the first Premier League manager to be sacked in 2020? Oh, that's hard. I think I asked this question last year, I think. I'm sure it was last. Or, or you asked it on one of the Christmas ones. Maybe. I do tend to recycle into, a lot of this no, shit. No, no, that was 2019, though, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> first manager to be sacked this year. I think he went down. Norwich, no. Watford, Ev. Ooh. No, Pearson was there just before Christmas, I think, so it's not them. I've not got a Scooby-Doo here. Uh, Who's the other team to go down now? Um... I'm going to have to pass. I can't even think off the top of my head, to be honest. Nerd? Nah. Uh, I don't have a fucking clue. No? <laughs> Premier League? I yeah, no. no idea, because that's fucking hard. <laughs> I can't, is it, was it from last season or from the, this season? Yeah, no, it was last season. It was, yeah, the first manager in 2020 to be set. Pochettino. No. Uh, no Dave actually said his name. It was Pearson. Pearson? Yeah. Oh, that was quite late on, wasn't it? Oh. <laughs> Unlucky. Uh, <laughs> nerds. Hello. Which US midfielder was Andrea Pirlo's first signing as Juventus manager? No, no, no idea. Oh, he's a streamer showdown hero. There's a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> no? No. David? Oh, I do fucking know who it is now. Uh. <laughs> I do know. No. Go on, Matt. You I, have this one, Matt. Weston McKenney. <laughs> it is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I should have let you have that, really. But... Hey, it's Christmas. Uh, Dave, which player was the most expensive Premier League signing of the summer? It's going to be one of the Chelsea boys now. Um... Kai Havertz. Two points. Oh, go on. Well played. 70 something million. Yeah. 78, was it? You, you would have thought I'd have written it down, but I didn't. <laughs> Nerd. You need this. You need this to stay in it. Jan Vertonghen left Tottenham after eight years to join which club on a free transfer? Come on, Amazon. Tottenham legend, Jan Vertonghen. Benfica. Correct. Go on. Well played. David, which city hosted the final stages of the Champions League in August? Munich. Incorrect. Nerd. Oh, 
what was the what was the question again? Sorry. Which city hosted the final stages of the Champions League in August? Was it Turkey? Say so we want city. <laughs> I want city, uh, but it, it's not anywhere near Turkey. Oh. Uh, the answer is Lisbon. Oh, of course oh. it is. <laughs> what was the Europa League want? Because it was the final was meant to be in Gdansk. I can't remember. It was in Germany, I think. That might have been like... I don't know. Was that Munich? Who, who cares? Uh, Thursday, who cares? Thursday night. Fucking <laughs> Nerds. Harry Maguire was arrested whilst on holiday on which Greek island? Oh. Ooh. He was he was going to say which country. <laughs> I was going to say which country. That's easy enough. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for... Is, is Rhodes a Greek island? It is. It is. I think. It's not the right one though, is it? No. No. <laughs> Dave? Mykonos. Correct. Oh. <laughs> oh my word! Right. I didn't even know that was. A, I didn't know that Mykonos was an island in Greece. I just thought it was a place. Me, I thought he was going to laugh. Never been. I was going to say feta cheese was my second choice answer. Yeah. Brilliant, Dave. Hashtag racism. FC play. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> which Bayern Munich player scored the only goal of the Champions League final? Oh, bloody hell. I've watch this game. Very um, nabbery. Incorrect. Nerd. <laughs> Alfonso Davis. Incorrect. The answer is Kingsley Coman. Oh, I knew he was a winger. Dupes uncle. Nerd. Hello. Uh, oh, this is close. You need this. Last question. Don't say that. Which team knocked Man City out of the Champions League at the quarterfinal stage? Uh, PSG. All right. Incorrect, Dave. Leon. Leon is the right answer. That brings the quiz to a close. In second place with six points is Mr. Nerdphonic. And uh, taking it at the end there, Dave has a party on nine points. Well played, sir. Quiz boys, well done, David. Well done. That was that was good, Curti. I quite like the head that. to head thing. Head to head, eh? Although next time make it ninety, so I stand a chance. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, recent stuff just doesn't go in my head. I must apparently. admit, when I when I looked up a load of those answers, I was like I didn't know that. Jesus, <laughs> so especially as twenty twenty feels like two years concatenated into one like, at this point. Twenty twenty can. Get to fuck. Get in the bin. Yeah. Get to fuck. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much for that, Kurt Dizzle. That does indeed bring episode 176 to a close. You can find the links for each of us, the Five Star Pod Twitter account, and Weenstrom FM Discord server in the podcast description or by visiting weenstromfm.com. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every Monday. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Bye, folks. Bye, folks.